Hello, everybody. Welcome out to Pikapi Podcast, your Pokemon anime podcast going through every single episode of the Pokemon anime one at a time to flail about all the things we love. And at this point, we're moving very close uh, to the end of the Johto region, the end of the original series. Very shortly, we'll begin the Silver Conference. And I believe I mentioned I wanted to play Pokemon uh, Fantasy Football. Fantasy Pokemon League. I put out a post on the Facebook and the Twitter just to kind of see if I can get an idea of who would like to play. So far, nobody's responded. That's cool. It might be a bit ambitious. Um, but I'll break down the idea for this game. Um, and if you guys decide you want to play, uh, head on over to the Facebook page, um, facebook.com slash dash podcast. Um, and let me know in the comments section. I need to confirm at least three people to play or else it's just not worth it. I might as well just give you the prize. If you absolutely can't make it to the Facebook, like, email or Twitter is fine, too, just to let me know. Um, but I think when it comes to actually playing the game, I'll want to do it through the Facebook, and I'll have links through, like, my blog page and the Twitter so that y'all can find it. But the basic idea is this. Um, I've never actually played fantasy football, but I'm pretty sure this is how it goes. Everybody is going to come up with a team, draft a team of four characters, um, at least one of them human and one of them Pokemon, um, as well as one event and one attack for a total of six. And as this podcast goes through each of the Silver Conference episodes, um, everyone will earn points based on what happens, the things that they drafted or picked for their teams. For example... Um, you get battle points. You get a point when one of your characters appears in a Pokemon battle, and a bonus point if they win the match. This is both your human and Pokemon characters. So if Ash fights a battle with Pikachu, Bulbasaur, and Charizard, then the person who drafted Ash gets one point, and the person who drafted Pikachu gets a point, and the per person who drafted Bulbasaur gets a point, and Charizard, so on. You also get hero points. You get a point if one of your characters saves someone. Again, this applies to humans using a Pokemon to do the saving. Both the human and the Pokemon would each get a point in that scenario. But anytime you save someone or fight bad guys, you, if a character you drafted takes part in that, you get a point. There's also, like, romance points if one of your characters falls in love or if someone falls in love with them. Um... Um, and then in addition to characters, you get event points for that event that you drafted to your team. Um, 
and possible events will be listed out. Like, you could draft the Team Rocket motto. Every time that gets performed, you get a point. Um, Wobbuffet popping out of its Pokeball. Um, anytime people shake hands or high-five. <laughs> things like that, um, you can choose to be on your, your team. And anytime one of them happens, you get a point. Um, there's attack points um, for the attack that you draft, like uh, Thundershock. Anytime any Pokemon uses that attack, you get a point. And then there'll also be a couple, you know, bonus or random events to, you know, get some extra points on the side. But whoever has the most points at the end of the Silver Conference, you win the prize. Um, and the prize is I will knit you a little Ash Ketchum doll, <laughs> um, and I will mail it to wherever you are. So it's not like a huge golden trophy or anything, but a prize is a prize, like free things. But anyway, if this sounds fun to you, uh, please make your way over to the Facebook and let me know in the comments, because like I said, we need at least three people playing for this to work. Otherwise, it's boring and it's pointless. And I need a basic idea of how many people want to play so I can, you know, write up all the attacks that it's possible to draft or all the events. I'm going to post the rules as I just explained them on the blog page, um, and I'm going to leave it up on the Facebook um, till Saturday. Saturday is the deadline. If nobody responds by Saturday, I'm going to assume that y'all got enough going on in your lives and you don't want to play. Which is cool. But still, I think this will be fun, and Silver Conference kind of puts a capstone on, you know, the series we've done so far. You know, it should be a little bit special. But anyway, head on over to the Facebook and let me know if you are interested, or hit me up in one of the other communicative methods if you can't. In the meantime, um, let's get into our episode. This is the final episode with Larvatar, number 264. Four, the mother of all battles. It's our last episode with little little rock baby. And I have to say, like while it's entertaining, after last episode, it almost feels like a letdown. In the show's defense, it kind of would have been hard to top what we saw last episode. I mean, that was something very unique at its time, at the time it aired. Today's episode is much more within the norm of, you know, what the Pokemon episodes were like in Johto. To have two bizarre existential dramatic episodes in a row might have might have been pushing it at the pitch meeting, <laughs> but still, it is a fun episode though. I'm excited to get into it. Pikapi Podcast is brought to you by PokePress, who has been pretty busy lately. They recently put up a new unboxing video and then a written review for the Pocket Monsters XYZ Character Song Collection, Volume 2. I won't spoil it for you, like, you should definitely go read Stephen's opinions for yourself. Um, but it's always interesting to see what they come up with for the character songs, especially since they're usually sung by the voice actors who play the characters. It sometimes can give you some new insight into you know, the character and their development and in and, and their mindset. Certainly the songs they have for Meowth are always interesting, especially especially to us um, in the English-speaking audience, because we do kind of come at Meowth from a very different angle. 
Like, more so than the, you know, different perspective we come at for Ash versus Satoshi. Like, the Meowth versus Nyasu is... That prism refracts the rainbow just a little bit wider. <laughs> so, it, it's kind of interesting to kind of see this different perspective of Meowth. And, you know, usually very philosophical or, you know, touching and earnest. Not always the hyper-wisecracking guy that Meowth can be sometimes. Anyway, you can check out uh, the review at pokepress.blogspot.com um, as well as the unboxing video on that blog or PokePress on YouTube. Check that out. Learn a little bit more about these CDs and, and the character songs. I wish we did more of that on the English side. I think that would be super cool. Maybe they can't logistically. I mean, not all the English actors are singers and then... Back when Pokemon first debuted, there was more of a market for that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure there is right now. And that's kind of sad to me. Because even the character songs um, that come out of Japan, even the ones that I'm less on board with, like they're in a, a genre that I just don't like, or, you know, they just don't speak to me. Like, they're still very interesting. If only for, like, that little bit of extra insight into the character. And then, of course, even when it's not a character song, you've got Ash often singing rather a lot of the opening themes. And the songs and the TV opening themes might not necessarily be written from his perspective, but the fact that it's Ash singing does color a lot of the phrases, and that's super fun. I should talk about those on a special episode sometime. Right now, Steven and I are, like, going through the Pokemon movies um, beginning and ending soundtrack, so I don't want to burn you all out on Pokemon music right now. We've still got manga to cover, after all, on the paid special episodes. <laughs> but that is something I do want to talk about eventually. Like, Rival? That song, like, does things to me, man. It, it does such things. And, and if you listened to that last special episode with um, me and PokePress talking about uh, the movie 2 ending themes, and we got sidetracked for a second to Mina ga Itakara. That song, there are tears, like, just thinking about it, like, yes, such feelings. <laughs> but anyway, again, that's um, pokepress.blogspot.com um, or PokePress on YouTube. I'll have links to those as well on my blog page, and you can uh, find that info at the end of the episode. Let us get right into our episode, though. The mother of all battles. Well, Larvitar the young rock Pokemon is doing great. It knows it's surrounded by loving friends, um, and now it's back home. We've made it to the Pokemon Preserve in Mount Silver. And I guess it was so close to hatching when it was taken, it had some awareness in the egg. And we know that a little from last episode. It could kind of see a bit of what was going on in the world around it and certainly was aware it could hear sound and stuff and, you know, hence the trauma. Anyway, all of this is starting to be a little bit familiar to Larvitar, so it's perking up and running around. And the kids follow Larvitar across the bridge, off the road... Um, to wherever it's running to. Um, and then Team Rocket from a submarine periscope in the river follows the kids. Or is it Team Rocket? I don't see a big red R on anything. 
And in fact, uh, just a scene and a intro later, we see that it is not Team Rocket. The kids are being followed by an equally arsenaled group of men, uh, three dudes, the leader of the witches named Brago, and they're looking for Larvitar. They're the same guys we saw last episode in Larvitar's mind, the same poachers that stole it and hurt its mom. Oh, oh, a confrontation will be going down, make no mistake. Um, but before that, our heroes come across a big angry Tyranitar. Basically the Godzilla Pokemon, um, one with a big ol' scar down its front. This also looks familiar to last episode. Ash and the others, and eventually Larvitar, recognize her from the last mind meld. And well, yay, mother and child can reunite, but not until the humans are wiped out. <laughs> Tyranitar attacks the kids with Hyper Beam. They have to jump back um, away from Larvitar. It's really not that surprising. I mean, humans attacked Tyranitar and took away her baby. Why would she trust them now? In fact, she might think these are the same three who stole her child. Like, how would she know different? All humans probably look alike to Pokemon. Um, so the kids, like, they can't reason with this Pokemon, so they turn tail and run. The problem is the whole incident is freaking out Larvitar, and it has kind of latched onto Ash, so it, it runs after our kids, um, and Tyranitar keeps chasing all of them. So this isn't good. Why can't Larvitar just tell its mom that it's okay, these humans are cool? Well, I'm wondering if Larvitar even realizes that this is mom. I mean, last time it saw her, it was through an eggshell. And even if it does kind of recognize this as mom, she's acting like, you know, not the loving mother figure we all hope for when we come home. <laughs> If my mom started shooting hyper beams at people and stomping and chasing me, yeah, I, I'd run too. But this thought, like, on the flip side, Tyranitar might not recognize that this is her child that's been returned either. Like, last time she saw it, it was an eggshell. For all she knows, this little Larvitar is helping the humans steal Pokemon. So basically, we have a lot of talking to do. Some catching up. Um, luckily, Larvitar uses Screech, and, and basically nobody can move during that. Everyone's forced to cover their ears, and since they all had to stop and slow down, it gives Larvitar a chance to really look at Tyranitar, and vice versa. They see each other, lock eyes, recognize the familiarity. And once they've calmed down, Ash can explain what he and his friends are doing there. Once Tyranitar realizes that, yes, this is the child that was stolen that is now hatched and grown up a little. Um, once she realizes that, you know, the humans are in, she's okay with the humans being here. And of course, just as everybody makes nice, uh, the bad guys rush in and start firing nets at the Pokemon. Of course. Um, the three poachers fire a trap that looks like a giant sleeping bag, uh, but effectively traps Tyranitar. It is, according to our goons, unescapable. So while these guys might look more bizarre than Team Rocket on some days, uh, what with the idolizing of their leader and the jazz hands, <laughs> um, they are a force to be reckoned with. The kids in Larvitar recognize them and call them out on their evil behavior, 
Not that that ever does anything. Like, we've yet to have a villain go, That's right, I am the one who trapped Timmy in the well. And you're right, it was evil. You know what? Here's the keys to my death trap. I'm gonna go home and rethink my life. Like, I mean, I wish, but that never happens. <laughs> um, But the evil ones introduce themselves, like I said, right up Team Rocket's alley, puns and, and cliches like i'm surprised they weren't recruited by now the leader is named brago um he speaks in phrase um and then there's chico who invents stuff and i think blurt uh talks a lot and breaks stuff sometimes even on purpose san nino asite pokemon poacher brothers des <laughs> they even have a giant pee to pose around so the poor man's team rocket Speaking of, Team Rocket is spying like always, and they're not sure what to make of this. Like, should they be flattered? Outraged? Jealous? <laughs> With someone horning in on their act, Team Rocket, for once in their life, can't form a rhyme or a pun to save their lives. Um, but there's one thing that they do better than anyone else, and that is double-cross for their own self-interest. So that's what they're going to do. They're going to pretend to join these clowns, you know, beg to be their interns or their lackeys, and then split with the goods. While Team Rocket works on their life goals, um, the kids are still trying to talk with the poachers, and negotiations are not going well. Um, the poachers will not surrender their catch, but the twerps, uh, they can buy Tyranitar back. <laughs> I doubt they have the funds, but that kind of doesn't solve the core problem anyway. Um, then the poachers shoot one of their inescapable nets at Larvatar. Oh no, they can't get mom and baby. Not one of the Pokemon in Ash's care. <laughs> of course he dives and takes the bullet for Larvatar. What else was Ash going to do? So Ash is now all wrapped up in the sleeping bag of doom. Um, but then sirens are heard in the distance, so the poachers grab Tyranitar and split, just leave Ash there on the ground. Um, they book it out of there, but Brock acts fast, throws out Crobat to follow them. And in the meantime, the kids now have to deal with Ranger Mason. She's the ranger in charge here, and at first she's angry, like, what are you people doing in this Pokemon preserve? Poaching is a problem for her, after all. So already, she's in a bad mood. And then Brock starts his declarations of love. I cannot read the atmosphere, this boy. And Pikachu's just poking Ash in the Houdini sack there, like, Can we focus? My trainer's a little tied up. But eventually, Brock name-drops Professor Elm, and that smooths things over a little. Mason was told that these kids were bringing back the Larvitar, and look, there's Larvitar brought back, so all is well, and they can get to uh, dealing with the kid tied up in the orange cocoon and save Tyranitar. So they get Ash out, and it, it turns out that these kids never should have crossed that bridge at the beginning of the episode. Like, if they had just followed the road, they'd end up right at the Pokemon Preservation Center. Shouldn't have let Larvitar lead. Um, but what's done is done. They've got to find the poachers now. And also got to stop speaking in rhymes and cliches. Wow. This is an episode you'd think Team Rocket wrote themselves. <laughs> um, but they also got to get Larvitar used to Mason. It's hardening a bit around the ranger. 
After all, it only just started trusting humans, only to get burned again. So that's a problem. Um, but let's check in with Team Rocket. The poachers easily agreed to let these newcomers join them, um, even let them borrow the poaching machine, like, the level of trust! Or maybe they just really don't want to do it themselves. Especially now that the kids are hanging out with the ranger, like, let these new guys go, they'll probably end up taking the rap for all our crimes. I mean, they're the ones in the poaching machine. So Brago and crew, like, they keep Tyranitar, and they're like, we can escape in Team Rocket's balloon, we have what we wanted. Um, but Team Rocket is happy to get free reign of the equipment, like, this mecha robo-tank thing is tricked out, it's like Christmas to them. So while Crobat has returned to lead the kids to deal with the poachers, they have to deal with Team Rocket first. Team Rocket's opening shot is to fire that Pokemon capture bag. Um, Mason has a Croconaw that uses Hydro Pump, Pikachu uses Thunderbolt, and they both send the bag flying back at Team Rocket. And that opening volley is the end of Team Rocket. And the poachers are like, okay. Well, they left the machines, which can be controlled by remote, so the poachers are winning all over today. While the kids are distracted by Team Rocket blasting off, the poachers grab Team Rocket's balloon, sail up into the sky, remote control their robot to capture Pikachu and Croconaw, and also trap all the humans in a net too. Like, these people lack the grace of Hunter J, but they are getting the job done. While the only one not tied up is Larvitar, it's up to it to save its mom. This is a scary situation, and Ash rightfully intuits that Larvitar doesn't really know its mother. And it's now confronted with the people who stole it and traumatized it in the first place, um, who seem pretty willing to just leave and leave Larvitar alone. But Ash gives a pep talk, like, this is your chance to get to know her, um, to be happy with her. You need to fight for it. So, commence Screech Attack which gives Tyranitar a boost of strength. Um, like, you know those stories about moms lifting cars off their kids? She's showing some of that here. Um, so the bad guy's electrocutor. Yikes. Um, but that only makes Larvitar more upset. It's becoming more invested in, in saving its mom with every passing second. Um, and Tyranitar is more full of righteous fury. So it uses Hyper Beam. And yeah, that takes care of the balloon. Everyone and everything falls to Earth. The remote control breaks, which frees the humans and Tyranitar. Um, and Mommy and Baby can unite to defeat their foes. Hidden power and hyper beam against the tank. Pikachu and Croconaw are now freed. Um, and all this destruction takes care of the poachers. They're, they're fainted. They're done. They're going to jail. Larvitar is home with its family. Um, and full of new confidence. It's not using Harden around Mason anymore. So yay. Um, but Brock is still in love and invading personal space, causing poor Mason to freeze up. Yeah. Well, the kids, they did what they came here to do. So it's time to go on to Silvertown, to that conference thing, <laughs> um, and say goodbye it's a happy goodbye, like lots of waving and smiles, 
I'm surprised it wasn't a little more teary, given how attached Ash and Larvitar were. But I guess that's okay. I mean, Ash knew from day one he'd have to let this kid go. He was always a stand-in. And if Larvitar is bonding easily with its mother, like enough that it can easily leave Ash behind, that's a good thing. That's the ideal. It's not like they'll ever forget the other. So goodbye it is, and Ash uh, continues on. Um, yeah, we're here, basically. Silver Conference, that whole arc begins next time. It's kind of sad to see Larvitar go. It was a Pokemon that, for its very small little arc, we got to see a lot of personality and development out of it. And again, a lot of concepts and one definite episode that were very different for the Pokemon series at the time. Certainly, it's not the first time we've dealt with Pokemon being abused or otherwise mistreated or kidnapped um, and having issues because of it, but you know, this approached it from a very different angle and involving very different storytelling methods that, again, just made it unique. Like, Larvitar is the only non-speaking Pokemon that we got to hear it speak English. Or, or human language, <laughs> I guess is more appropriate. Because remember in, you know, last episode with the Mind Meld, we heard Larvitar speaking words the kids could understand. Which for a non-psychic Pokemon that, you know, didn't go the Meowth route for, and try to learn to speak... I don't think we've had Pokemon communicate that way at any other point in the show. Like, I don't think we've ever had a reason for Pokemon to break that communication barrier. Even that one episode in original series where it was all Pokemon for a while, they just gave the Pokemon subtitles. Which kind of, you know, gives some thought to episodes I'd like to see in the future, like... What if some sort of situation arose where we could have that with Pikachu, where it could speak to Ash in words Ash could understand? Like, not that Ash doesn't seem to understand Pikachu pretty well by some of those later seasons, um, but you know what I mean, like, speaking the same language truly. How interesting would that be? Or some kind of spell or, you know, psychic Pokemon interference. And then Pikachu and Ash could have a conversation on a truly peer level. Or, you know, we've had the Ash Goes Pokemon episode. Can't we have the Pikachu Goes Human episode? Like, I mean, if you think that fanfic isn't, like, half finished on my hard drive right now, like, you're fooling yourself. Like, but that's just such a rich idea. Why has it never come to fruition? I mean, there's so much you could do with that. I mean... Like, Ash and Pikachu, like, getting to talk and have a conversation, again, on that peer level without the communication barrier, getting to play together as two little human boys, like, that would be fascinating, because that is the one thing that Ash can't get from Pikachu, is the human companionship that he kind of does need from time to time. It's the one way that Pikachu doesn't completely trump what ash had with gary because pikachu has like fully cemented that best friend role but pikachu but pikachu can never go play the little games that human boys play and can't share in that part of ash's childhood 
and the part of Ash's childhood that he had while in Pallet Town. And then the fact that Pikachu can't stand evolving. And now it's suddenly become a human. Like, is it going to take that as like, a, this is temporary, so I'm just going to go with the flow and enjoy it? Or is it going to freak out, like, because it has changed? And what if it's a situation where they don't know that it's not permanent? Like, can you imagine Pikachu, like, just freaking out? And everyone else kind of getting on its case, because, like, Ash turned into a Pokemon and it wasn't a big deal. Why can't you handle this? Like, oh... It's probably a good idea I'm not on Pokemon's story team. It would just be like angst town all the time. <laughs> Apparently I can bring the rain clouds to every idea. But one fun idea that will remain fun um, is our Pokemon Fantasy League game, um, if everybody wants to play. If you do think this sounds like an interesting way to end the Johto region, you should head on over to our Facebook, facebook.com slash podcast Or follow links that I'll have on the blog page, pcappypodcast.blogspot.com. You can also hit me up at pcappypodcast, the Twitter, or um, pcappypodcast at gmail.com. And like I said, we have until Saturday to collect people, and there is a prize. If your dream has been to own a little knit Ash Ketchum dolly, then this is, this is your moment. <laughs> um, but otherwise, if you're just here for the audio goodness, um, you can also find our podcast on iTunes or Zoom, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, this has been Peek Happy Podcast. Gotta catch them all. <laughs>